Welcome back to the Pulse Podcast, the podcast of the resident doctors of British Columbia, where we where we deal with all things residency in the province of BC. So my name is Jeff Frost. I'm a fourth year physiatry resident, and I'm here with our returning champion, Dr. Nicholas Montfries. Nick, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, it's great to be back here, Jeff. Uh, Please, Nicholas, a little bit more enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nicholas Montfries. I'm also a fourth year resident uh, in emergency medicine um, based out of Vancouver General Hospital. All right. So, Nicholas, today we are talking about, it's appropriate for the season, Vacation. Vacation. Vacation, vacation. So, uh, yeah, this is a big topic because, you know, residency can be a little stressful. So it's nice to take, to take some time off, enjoy what the world has to offer, mm-hmm. and get away from the hospital. Totally. I think actually the more apt name of this topic would be time off as a resident. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nicholas. Or First he's vacations. the guest, now he's the editor renaming the podcast. So... I, like we should talk about vacations, why they're good, why we need to go on them, but let's get let's pay the brass tax first. What are the rules for residents who want to take some time off from work in British Columbia? Yeah, so um, for vacation, as you mentioned, that we'll start with that. So we, as residents, get four weeks of vacation a year. Ooh, I'm going to stop you there. Isn't it 20 working days? That's correct. 20 working days. You're Mm -hmm. right. So not really four weeks. Well, actually, Jeff, it can be longer depending on how your weekends fall. Ah, and that's because the way our vacations work is if we take five weekdays, the full five, the five days of a working week, the weekend before and after are call protected, correct? Correct. So that means I can take my five-day vacation and essentially turn it into a nine-day vacation by taking advantage of the, of the weekends on either side. Yeah, it's an awesome way of maximizing your time on vacation. Okay, so I have, I have 20 working days, and do I have to always take them in blocks of five? I've been told that I always have to take one week at a time. Uh, no, you know, this is where I think we have, um, where we don't have as much clarity in our collective agreement because there's program-specific guidelines on how much time you can be away from a rotation. Most programs that are one month in duration do have this um, rule, whether unwritten or not, that you have to be present for 75% of the rotation, which means the max you could take is a one-week vacation. Um, but the collective agreement doesn't say, doesn't prevent you from taking longer stretches of vacation. It's more dependent on the rotations you're on and the, your program. And can I take shorter vacations? Like if I want to take a Friday off and create a long weekend, can I do that? No, you cannot, not with the vacation time. Okay, so why not? So our vacations have to be taken in a block, so it has to be taken those five days, um, and that's for that's pretty standard across Canada. Um, of course, as you can imagine, the ease at which scheduling, the difficulty of scheduling vacations that are shorter would be very challenging. But there's other ways of taking time off if you just want one day. So I do believe that what you've just said is not actually in the collective agreement, but again, it's something that most programs enforce. Yeah. And I am aware of one program that will go unnamed, which doesn't enforce that. So it does allow it does allow residents to take vacations of one or two days in length. So for most of us, we have to take our vacations in blocks of five, which means four vacations throughout the year. So that's kind of your basics, four one-week vacations throughout the year. But then we have these flex days and loo days. So why don't we just go over flex days first, because I know they're fast, and then we can hit loo days, which are a little more complicated. Yeah. So flex days are uh, 
essentially two days that we get per academic year uh, that a resident can choose to take off. Um, it can be used for essentially anything, hence the name Flex Day. Um, and it's to be arranged by the resident with their program, which, uh, which, when they want to take it. Um, so it's sort of two extra days off that the residents can choose when they'd like to use it or not. So that's really 22 days of vacation per year. Yeah, and then, um, so it gives you a bit of flexibility in terms of if you need to have a daytime appointment or you need a definitely a day off if you're attending a wedding or a family event or something like that. It allows, um, us to be able to take that time off, but not a full week of vacation. And that brings us to Lou Days. So I'm going to run through this really quickly, at least my understanding of it, and then you can tell me whether I've got it right. So in British Columbia, if you work a stat holiday, so say Labor Day, which is coming up, you then earn what's called a Lou Day. And what that means is I can take an extra vacation day at some point in the future. Now, I know the way Lou Days are written in our contract is that we have to use them within 12 months of earning them. So if I work Labor Day of 2020, sorry, 2019, I'll have to use it before Labor Day of 2020. But I'm also aware that, again, most programs ask that you use your Lou Day in the block that you earn it. So if I earned my Lou Day in Block 3, most programs will ask me to use that Lou Day within Block 3. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, that's that's right. You know, I think... Um... And I think sometimes Lou Days get very confusing because um, programs do deal with vacation, Lou Days, and Flex Days in different ways that are operate sort of beyond the collective agreement, and they have their own policies. And on one hand, we understand that each program has scheduling difficulties, but it does make it very challenging for residents, and I absolutely acknowledge this, that it's really hard to not, not only know both the collective agreement rules, but also what your program allows for scheduling. So I find that's actually what's the biggest challenge with Lou Days. I know even in emergency medicine, we've had difficulties with understanding how Lou Days are applied in, say, for our, our rotations that are shift-based. So they can be challenging, um, but you are entitled to them, and you should try to take them, of course. Okay, so those are our three basic ways of getting time off. Vacation, flex days, loo days that almost every resident's going to encounter. Yeah. Then there's also Christmas. Break down Christmas for me. Yeah, so the holiday break um, is a period of time where we residents get five consecutive days off. Um, either the five consecutive days that uh, encapsulate Christmas and Boxing Day statutory holidays, or five consecutive days that include the Christmas Eve and New Year's Day uh, holidays. These five days um, are built out of a combination of weekend days plus stat days. So if you work on Christmas Day during this five-day period, say if you're on call, it doesn't earn you a loo day as that's already counted for in those five days. So it's just five days of either the front part of the vacation of holidays and or the back part of the holidays, including New Year's. Right, and I guess that's because... Someone has to work in the hospital over Christmas, so you either get the five days off over Christmas or the Friday five days off over New Year's. Totally. So actually, it kind of sounds like we have 27 days off per year now that I'm adding this all up. I have my 20 vacation days, my two flex days, my five days at Christmas, and if I work holidays throughout the year, which almost every resident does, I get some loo days. So at the end of the day, I might be somewhere up to like 20, 29 days off throughout the year. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of varies depending on how many, like, if over the holiday break you're taking weekend days and that sort of thing. But I think your point is well taken that in residency, we, we do have a decent amount of days available us to take time off. And I'm really, I really feel that residents deserve that time off. We work very hard hours, so it's, it's good to have that time off. But we do have a lot of days available to us. Um, you can also get bonus days off too, because one thing you were mentioning is loo days, um, and if you work on a stat. The other thing though to consider is if you take a vacation on a stat, you're still owed that stat holiday. Oh, okay, fair enough. And so then you, you would get another vacation day. Exactly, way. because essentially the concept is everyone in a normal working job would get an extra day off say, if we're talking Labor Day, in September. Mm -hmm. If you take a vacation, it doesn't mean we're punishing you. The contract's not punishing you for taking a vacation on a stat day. So you still deserve that extra day off. So that's something important that I don't think all residents know, is that if you take a vacation that encapsulates a stat day, you still have a day in lieu for that day. That's interesting. I didn't know that personally, and that's something that I have run amok of before. And so when those are our structured vacation days, there's two other ways that I know of where residents get time off. One is conference leave. So briefly, conference leave is time away from clinical duties, duties to attend a conference. And my understanding is that that is nowhere in the collective agreement, and that's really your own program's discretion. If they want to give you time away from clinical duties to go to a conference, they can, uh, but that's not protected in the collective agreement. Is that correct? Um, a In the collective agreement, there's not a particular... Uh, time length that's given. We in the collective agreement there is, um, we do have a provision that talks about leave as a residence and do, for academic purposes, but uh, not specifying the how many days of conference leave you're allowed as a resident. Gotcha. That's correct. And that also goes to my next point, which is compassionate leave. So if something unfortunate happens in your life and you need some time off, maybe a death, death in the family, or a significant illness. There is some time allotted for compassionate leave within the collective agreement. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the final form of leave that um, is in the collective agreement would be exam leave. Um, and that's something a little bit new this year if you have to travel far to do an exam. I, I remember negotiating long into the night for that provision. But yes, there's time away if you need to essentially travel to Ottawa for your Royal College. Right. That's really the only way that provision triggers. Yeah. It was, you know, it's... And I think that's important to note is that the the whole purpose of that exam leave is to do that travel. So it's not we do have call protection mm -hmm. preceding exams, but the time off before exams is for travel. It's it's not to extra study days in this case. Yeah, and kind of the interesting sidebar why we decided to go for that in negotiations. We had a lot of our specialty residents writing the Royal College in Ottawa. They would have to fly to Ottawa, which is a five, six-hour flight from Vancouver, and then there's a three-hour time change. And they were running into this problem where they'd fly to Ottawa the day before the exam, and then they'd be three hours behind time-wise, and they'd really just be kind of discombobulated before writing the exam, which is really not ideal. No. So that's why we ended up getting that travel provision put in the collective agreement. And, of course, there's other things like maternity leave, but that's really kind of outside the scope of this discussion. Yeah. And I think we have four podcasts talking all about maternity leave, if you're interested. So, that's the boring part of vacation. We know the rules now. We can lawyer up and get our time off. But uh, why do we need to take our time off? Like, why why should I even bother when I could just work, you know, and learn more and become a better physician? 
Well, I'll be honest, Jeff. I think a struggle that residents face is, is actually taking that time off. I know in, in first year residency, I was, it, I, I, it was really hard to take vacation off because you, you, you feel the pressure from your program to, you know, be there and not, you know, mess up your call schedule from a program perspective. Uh, you also have, I think, you know, genuinely, you may be interested in a lot of your rotations and you maybe feel that it's not worth taking off. But I can say now, entering, being in my fourth year of residency, that vacation is so important. It's so important to have time away from the hospital where you're not thinking about the hospital, patients, whether your pager's going off, um, to really provide that mental break so you can come back to the hospital in your job much more refreshed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I definitely fell into the trap in first and second year of not using my vacation adequately. And I, I mean, I, I couldn't really afford a vacation, so that's another problem. But um, I, I regret not taking some time away because you do kind of get sucked into the vortex of residency. And it is good to step away and remember that there's a world outside of the hospital. So yeah, I think it's important that we use that time, no matter how awkward it may sometimes feel to ask for it. And I think, though, that's an interesting point that you mentioned there is that, uh, you know, I couldn't afford it to take vacation. But, um, you know, when we say vacation, it's, it does it does seem like it's natural to think, oh, well, we're going to go to, you know, an all-inclusive resort and a wonderful warm place <laughs> and just chill. And, I mean, that's and that's great. But it doesn't have to be an expensive uh, trip that you're planning or an expensive adventure. It can absolutely be a staycation, which can be just as useful. But what it is is getting out of the hospital and getting out of those that sort of rotation that you're doing so that you can take that time for the mental break. So whether it's at home just chilling, watching TV, or going on hikes locally, or taking a cool, expensive vacation, whatever makes you happy and whatever provides that mental relaxation I think is the most important. Yeah, I, I ended up doing some staycations and I couldn't agree more. A staycation is much better than grinding through uh, a whole year of residency without taking some time away for yourself. So yeah, you don't have to like drop the bills on a flight to the Caribbean. You can also just spend some time away from the hospital, even if that means staring at a wall in your apartment. There's value in that. Yeah. So Nick, what's uh, let's uh, let's talk about some real vacations though, some like far away exotic places. Where have you been lately? That is cool. That was fun. That was worth going to. Hmm. You know, I mean, I think I'm. I kind of approached vacation in, in in a couple different ways. As I live in Vancouver, as you do as well, we don't have our family in town, so we're not sure. from Vancouver originally. Sure, sure, sure. So I found I kind of divided my vacation up, uh, sort of. One week a year would be like my family vacation, so time to either head back to my hometown of Edmonton, visit the family, that sort of thing. So, hey, you know, I don't, I don't Edmonton, know if you want to admit that hometown on this podcast. Edmonton's this is, a great this is a place. famous podcast you can that many see, people around the world listen to. You can see West Edmonton Mall. Oh my goodness, City of Champions. <laughs> And then one vacation a year, I would do more of a, you know, like a beach relaxation vacation with a couple of friends. And I think that was a sort of fun way of doing it. And then my other two blocks, I would sort of divide between sort of a staycation. Because um, oftentimes you do need those, I think, as residents. We have so many extra duties to catch up on, including research. I think it's important to have some time to at least... Wait, 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 wait. If you're Whoa. working on research, are you really taking a vacation? Hey, now, I know you're going to catch me on that, but <laughs> yeah. I will say 
I think vacation, you do need a mental break from the hospital, but I will 100% admit that I used vacations to uh, either work on RDBC work um, or do things like research, which I think also takes off some pressure for me when I'm in the hospital. So I divided my vacation up between sort of ex- one week a year would be more of an exotic trip, like to the Caribbean or to a beach in some destination. Uh, and then uh, the t- rest of the time would be split between returning home, visiting family, uh, and then a couple staycations. Yeah, you know, I think it was the same way. Like you, I'm not from Vancouver, but I'm from Toronto. So once once a year I fly home to Toronto just to see my parents. There's nothing really in Toronto. To oh, see. it's a wasteland, yeah. absolute wasteland. Um, but, you know, I go. I put up with it. Uh, and then I definitely do a staycation, but I try not to work on residency stuff, but there's always stuff to do around the home. You know, got to fix things at, at, at my house, got to go play some beach volleyball, got to do stuff, you know. So I totally agree that taking a staycation can be worth it. Um, but Nick, I want to drill down into the exciting stuff. You know, it's a podcast. We got to get the people listening and happy. What is the coolest place you've been to lately on one of your fancy vacations? I know you had your, your episode of being Florida man last year. I don't know if that's what you're... Uh, you're thinking of yeah yeah i went to florida i went on some uh i went on a caribbean cruise but i i, I don't think I, I don't think my vacations are exotic i i think my vacation cruise isn't exotic it's not exotic no no i would say oh some goodness. people have described my type of vacation being um a bit uh elderly i guess so to speak actually is, i would 100 agree with that but no no but that's <laughs> it's relaxing but yes i mean but i've had some of my colleagues take a lot more cooler no nope. uh, question was direct Directed towards you, Dr. Monfries. You can't redirect this to My else. vacations, yes, do follow the pattern of probably a 60-year-old individual. So, <laughs> yes, cruises, all-inclusive So what's beach. the coolest cruise you've been on? Uh, oh, I went on a Mediterranean cruise. That was cool. Where did you stop? Uh, I went through Rome. Yeah, I left from Rome, went around uh, to Greece, Turkey, and then came back around through Spain. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I used to live in Spain. Yeah, I do. What ports did you stop in in my second home country? Uh, I believe it was Barcelona. Barcelona. Wow, so cool. Cool. So, Jeff, where uh, what exotic things have you done aside from walking on dirt and logs in the local area? <laughs> yeah, well, for those who don't understand that inside joke, I really enjoy hiking, and Nick does not. So, a, co- a constant source of friction in our friendship. Uh, Nick, the coolest thing I did lately was I went to visit my brother in uh, who lives in England. Oh, yeah, that is a cool trip. Yeah. I think this is the whole reason we've timed this podcast at this time. That's is right. Because yeah. you've I now just, done a cool just, trip. I've done a cool trip. <laughs> so my brother lives in Oxford, which is a beautiful city, like where they filmed a whole bunch of the Harry Potter movies. And then from there, my brother, myself, and my sister-in-law flew to Ireland to go visit Skellig Michael. If you ever get a chance to go to Southern Ireland to visit Skellig Michael, I could not recommend it more. It was so cool, so much fun. And of course, I love third wheeling with my brother and his wife. I've done it many times because I'm a super cool guy. Uh, so yeah, no, it was really fun to hang out with them as well. So it turned it into, it was like a combination family adventure and adventure adventure, and I really enjoyed it. And on the way home, I stopped off in Austria to go to a good friend's wedding. So, yeah, it was quite the tour de force. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I think it would actually be kind of interesting as we talk about this to hear what other residents do for their vacation. Um, because it's it can be challenging for one week to plan what you're going to do in those possibly maximum nine days you have off. Yeah. It's hard to do a big vacation. So the pro tip I've heard, Nicholas, is how you get the max out of your vacation if you want to do a big adventure is you take one week off at the end of a block and then one week off at the start of the block. And so you effectively get 
a what is that? Um, a fort a sixteen day vacation. Right. Yeah. And so then you can go on a bit more of an adventure. You can yeah. you know take a longer flight somewhere. Takes a little bit more coordination though. Uh, maybe we should run a contest. See, get get the residents who listen to send us in their coolest vacation, and we can choose a winner and give them a gift card or something. Yeah, randomly choose a winner. Randomly not, choose not a winner. Try to judge what. That's vacation right. We're not going to judge. We're not going to judge you as the best vacation. So but I think that's an important point, though, in terms of the strategies, because I've also had some people feel that the even though two weeks is nice to have that time off, some people preferred spreading it out. You know, like having one vacation, one week of vacation every three months. So I'm very much a spreader. Yeah, I'm not too worried about taking a big two two week vacation in residency, but I need my regular time off to recharge, reset, yeah. become less of a zombie. How do you use your flex days? So honest truth is that in my first three years, I never used my flex days. Yeah, I was challenging. too much of a grinder. Um, and honest, and in second and third year, I didn't even use all my vacation days, and I kind of regret that. Um, but in this year, fourth year, I've been doing a little bit better. I took some time off my favorite rotation, which is EMG, which was confusing for me to take time away from my favorite rotation. But I used a flex day and five days of vacation to go on my big Euro trip. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think tying your flex day to something else is quite useful. Like I know uh, some of my colleagues would add a flex day to say they're a time where they're away for a conference, and so they have mm-hmm. like a, an extra day to explore whatever. Yeah, cool I think place they're at. even adding a flex day to a five day vacation is amazing because then you get an extra travel day the Friday before your vacation or the Monday after, and it can really elongate a vacation. Right, you go to ten days, which gives you lots of travel time yeah. if you want to go somewhere cooler. I think, you know, all this cool talk about vacations is awesome. And so I think now is the appropriate time to bring it back down to boring contract stuff, but important. Oh, wow. And one thing I think we should talk about is denying vacation. Oh, my goodness. Jeff, Nicholas. have you ever oh. had a vacation <laughs> denied? You know, no, but, the, but this goes oh. back to the problem of Jeff doesn't use his vacations. Yeah. So, you know, well, I can one tell must you, Jeff, use I, your vacation to get it denied. <laughs> for sure. So I can tell you I've had my vacation denied. So, you know, I guess I'm taking the host position now. So I've kind of established Are you the captain now? <laughs> uh, cool, yeah, that's right. But Jeff, tell me, why? Um, what is the rules? What does the collective agreement say about denying vacation requests? Ooh, this is a good question. So... Uh, despite having negotiated this section of the collective agreement, I'm blanking on the specifics. It's something along the line along the lines of if you make a, re- a request far enough in advance, the program has to accept it or provide a reasonable accommodation to provide you with a substitute vacation. Exactly. Unfortunately, so, the collective agreement doesn't define what reasonable time in advance means, but in practice, we typically say three months in advance. Yeah, and it's even though, um, from my understanding, it's not. It's it's also more so saying that um, vacation requests need not be reasonably denied pe- depending on the service requirements of the the program so meaning that we if a program denies a vacation you as a resident and us as a union have to have a reasonable explanation from the program saying that there is no way they could accommodate you being gone from that rotation for that week of time and in practice that should honestly never happen well, no comment. <laughs> but but I, I would say, so just, I think it's important to know from a resident's perspective because I think this is very common. And I, wa- and I want to say, I totally get it as a resident. It's in a, You're being put in an awkward situation if you're denied vacation. Like I've had my friends, I've had my friends who had a honeymoon they were trying to plan have their vacation denied. And mm. so 
if your vacation is denied as a resident and you're kind of feeling like this is something that you really need this time off, I do encourage you to reach out to us because as a union, our job is to contact the program and ask them or seek clarification as to why they can't approve this vacation. Um, I know it's an awkward position, but just so you know, that is an option available to residents. Yeah, and we talked about how important we think it is that you take time off, and it comes back to how stressful our jobs can be. So, yeah, let us be the heavy if you aren't getting your time off, and let us step in so that you can get your time off. And from a greater good perspective, if there really is rotations that cannot accommodate residents being off vacation, so rotations that are so thinly staffed that they can't accommodate resident vacation, we should probably know about those rotations because I think there's totally. room for improvement from a sort of looking at the entire program type perspective. Um, I think that's important. So uh, it's never a fun thing to deal with getting vacation requests denied and we all do experience it and we probably all will continue to experience it but if you really do need a week off um, and you're being denied that request I do encourage you to contact our office because uh, I think it's an important thing to seek clarification on from the program why you're being denied. Okay on that happy note I'm going to become the captain again and become the host again. And actually just shut this down and say it's time for us to go back on vacation. But I think we should run our little contest. So uh, if email us what your latest vacation is. Email info at residentdoctorsbc. No, wait. Residentdoctorsbc. No, no, so maybe we should save the contest details for Sasha to develop. Because we <laughs> we're going to give wrong. I know. No, but so <laughs> just we're going to put a link in the okay. podcast. Okay, let's start again. Let's start again. <laughs> Okay, so we're, what our little contest is going to be is uh, email, or send us what your greatest and latest vacation was. We're going to pick a, w- a winner at random. We're not going to judge how cool your vacations are. And the winner will get a gift card of some kind. So check the pro the episode description for a link, which will be a link to how you can submit your coolest little vacation. We should do like a travel gift card. Ooh, a travel gift card. We'll talk to Sasha and see if we can work that out. Yeah, let's get her done. All right. Well, on that happy note, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Pulse Podcast. Um, Yeah, we'll be catching you next time.